Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend Jon Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're... Okay, all I'm recording. That, all of that, Chris, every little bit of that goes into the episode. I'm Robert Evans. Are you? Hi. This is Behind the Bastards with Matt Lieb. Yep. Hi, I'm back. How are you feeling learning all this fun stuff about the Boy Scouts of America? Oh, I'm, you know, remember earlier when I was saying I always felt like Mm -hmm. I missed out and not being a Boy Scout? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I have a feeling that that was, uh, that was God just looking out for me because this is going to get dark. It is. It's so fucked up. Like, Again, not to like center my own experience like in this, but it is weird to me that like, again, I, I know I've I've spent all of this time writing 20 pages on how fucked up the Boy Scouts are. I personally have like nothing but positive memories of my time in the Scouts. Um, mm. And it was it was weird. Like I didn't start to recognize because there was we're not talking about a lot of the other stuff that's fucked up about the Boy Scouts. Like everyone knows like they for decades would not let you be gay or trans or whatnot in the Boy Scouts. Oh, right, you kicked yeah. out if you came out. You couldn't be an atheist. You had you didn't have to be a specific religion, um, but you had to you had to acknowledge the existence of a higher power. There's like other stuff that they've been attacked for. And I get, part of the reason why I'm not really focusing on that is that like that's bad. That mm. is not something that would render an organization founded in 1910 fundamentally unsalvageable, right? A lot of organizations that old had weird attitudes, bad attitudes towards gay people, even racist attitudes, and can change over time. Be like, well, yeah, the people who founded us believe these things. The fundamentals of our organization are good, teaching people how to camp. we've, We've grown. 
Right. That all, I think that the Boy Scouts could have grown past, you know, the 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 anti-LGBT thing, and they have started accepting kids who are, are gay and trans. I think they could have grown past the restriction to just boys, because now they do accept uh, girls. They could have grown past a number of the problematic things. What you cannot grow past is enabling the rape of tens of thousands of boys. That that cannot be redeemed. That's yeah, the thing. That that seems, can, yeah, that seems uh, systemic. Um, yeah, it's one of it's it's one of those things. Like, yeah, an organization founded in 1910. People who made it probably had some weird beliefs on race and, and gender. And like, yeah, you can you can the organization I think can move past that as long as it acknowledges the flaws of its past and it, it, it confronts them head on, which I'm not saying the Boy Scouts did. Like they they delayed way too long in, right, in right. reforming on that stuff. But I think that it were like the thing that makes them unsalvageable. The reason I think the Boy Scouts just needs to be destroyed as an organization is is the mass rape of children. Like that's yeah. you can't. There's no no getting past that. No, that's <laughs> yeah. there's I no feel moving like that's on. Fair. That's a yeah. fair. <laughs> that's a fair problem. That's a fair to reason. Have yeah. It's a, um, it's yeah. If not for the mass rape of children, I feel yeah. like it would be you know an organization that could make do some reform move past its past yeah sure <laughs> yeah, sure but is that um, that little thing where they it was a mass rape of children uh, the, that's the, the when, tens of thousands potentially hundreds of thousands of boys raped yeah yeah that's, yeah and and that's also cre- creating a cycle of yeah. abuse and predation uh due yeah. to the nature of uh you know early childhood sexual violence like that alone probably grounds yeah that they should destroy the organization I don't feel differently about the Catholic church in fairness. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah. It is weird. Like I can say, cause again, I grew up very conservative. As I said a number of times, if I had been like 16 in 2014, I might've wound up like alt right for a while. Um, mm. like I was really right wing. Right. Right. Um, one of like the first cracks in that armor is when I was, I'm not sure if I was 17 or 18. I think it was my senior year of high school. It was an academic decathlon, which is like a nerd thing. And we had our own little like classroom. And if you were on the team, you could hang out in that classroom in between classes or during lunch, which as a nerdy kid who just wanted to read his Warhammer books, that was nice to do. (laughs) And um, so I'm in there one day with another kid on the team um, who was in the Boy Scouts. We were in different troops, but he was, he was, and he was, I think I had actually quit the, cause I quit the Boy Scouts at like 16, 15 or 16. He was still in the Boy Scouts and was like either 18 or almost 18 and was very close to getting his Eagle. And, you know, he and I were friends. We were sitting in the classroom one day and kind of in the middle of just sort of like, we're both reading separate books quietly alone in this room. He just looks up at me and tells me that he's gay. And this is the first person I ever met who, like, I knew was gay, who would, like, th- that I, like, had t- talked to me about it. Right, yeah. Um, and um, I said, oh, uh, okay. And and he immediately after that, because it just, like, I think he just had to tell somebody, just burst out of him. Sure. And immediately after that, he said, please don't tell anybody. Like, I, the most important thing in the world to me is finishing my Eagle Scout, is, like, getting my Eagle Scout. Like, Damn. And they won't let me. And that was, that was like, a, for me, a moment of less, like, well, that's really fucked up, actually. <laughs> like, yeah. That this yeah. kid's this kid who clearly loves the Boy Scouts is dedicated to like what this organization stands for is terrified of being kicked out for just like something like it was just very obvious in that moment. Like, oh, yeah, that's clearly not a choice. Like the way he told right. me about it was just like this. He had to let somebody know it was this thing that was I don't know. That was a, a moment for me. Sure. Um, and like a, a, a just a. I know that that's when I first started to think really critically about the Boy Scouts as an organization. Right. Um, cause again, I grew up in this right wing, you know, bubble. 
Um, I guess I think it's it's like that one way or another for a lot of people. Like you live in this kind of ideological bubble until you like meet someone who's you care about, whose life experience c- contradicts the things that you just never thought about before. Yeah, and absolutely. Like, oh, I'm wrong about some really important shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes um, it just takes that, that you know, uh, uh, having an actual one-on-one or just a human experience mm-hmm. to get you outside of like kind of the the yeah. strict dogmatism of your like inherited ideology where you're just yeah. like, you know, of course I'm a libertarian. My dad's a libertarian and he yeah. raised me to be libertarian, you know, and then uh, and then you, you know, you live life and you meet people yeah. who, you know, in, in which the government was actually uh, a, a necessary entity in their life. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. you, you know, people who just grow up in a bubble, I think as soon as they have that you know, uh, bubble bursts a little bit, then they can kind of move past whatever, you know, dogmatic ideology they have. Yep. Yep. It is that thing where like the Republican politicians who have like a life experience that doesn't fit in with conservatism are like the ones who have these very public, like John McCain, arch Republican and everything, but torture because he was tortured. Right. And was very consistently like, no, we can't, this is not okay. Fucking, uh, 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 Dick Cheney, Arch Republican and everything, but gay rights because his right. daughter's gay. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it's just, yeah. I mean, that's just how people are, I guess. So the Boy Scouts of America began operating what they called an ineligible volunteer file system in 1919. So Baden Powell's still alive when they, this is like, they, 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 and this is not just even primary, this is not primarily about sexual assault. This is obviously you've got this growing organization. A bunch of men join it. And for one reason or another, they do not meet the standards that the BSA does have for adult volunteers. So they're not screening people, but people who do the, the job and are bad at it. And I think most of these people, again, are not molesting kids. They're like, they get some kid killed on a hike or some shit, right? Like they're, right. they're irresponsible, you know, like there's a yeah. lot of ways to be bad at being a scoutmaster, yeah. you know, you're taking kids into the woods. A number of things can go awry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Usually pedophilia yeah. isn't the first problem when you're stranded yeah. alone in the woods with an adult yeah. that you would think of. Yeah. And I think most of the men in the ineligible volunteer files had not purposefully harmed a child. They had just like fucked up in some way, probably some way that's like still deplorable, but like not, they're not trying to harm anybody. Um, A subset though of the ineligible volunteer list are men who had been caught or at least accused of molesting the children in their care. This subset of the ineligible volunteer system were dubbed the P files or perversion files. Yeah, Um, that's the, that's the P word. Yeah, I thought the they would word. go with yeah, yeah, not, not pedophile, pederast. I mean, it's a lot of not peas. rape. Yeah, yeah, P. Right. yeah, yeah. So. Ugh. This starts in like the 20s. The problematic so files. I'm sorry. Yeah, the problematic. So when Baden Powell's alive, they they do like attempt to, and again, they don't attempt to by screening people beforehand, but they do attempt to be like, oh, we should, if a guy gets kicked out for raping a kid, we should probably put his name in a file somewhere, yeah. right? <laughs> like we should, we should probably write this down, huh? <laughs> Which is the minimum, you the know? The bare minimum. Like the <laughs> barest minimum. I just want to um, remember his name. That's yeah. it. We should have a list of the guys who've, who fucked the kids in our yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I could also get their phone numbers just so we could yeah. talk and just strategize. <laughs> See if they have photos. Yeah, Baden exactly. Yeah. 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 Do you want to go to the lake? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Baden Powell. So in 1975, the list was computerized, but there still existed a hard copy, and there is still one today, which reportedly fills 15 file cabinets at the BSA headquarters in Irving, Texas. Only a handful of men at the very top of the organization can access them. And the BSA is the Boy Scouts of America. So You're right. I should note when we talk about this, this is all focused on the BSA. 
which is not technically the organization Baden-Powell founded because it's very decentralized. So there's like b- the different countries, they're different like organizations, right? Effectively like right. kind of corporations almost. Um, and they're all kind of like linked and related to each other. And they do jamber, like people get together from different countries. But I mean, and the BSA is made in the image of what Baden-Powell talks about. I'm sure there is a lot on like abuses in like England and in, in great in the UK and in like other countries. Uh, the, the, the vast majority of the the, the 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 documentation on abuse within the Boy Scouts is within the BSA. So that's what we're focusing on here today. Mm-hmm. Um, so for decades, the files were either entirely unknown or at most a rumor to those outside the organization. They would occasionally make appearances, though. By the time Lord Baden-Powell died in 1941, there had already been multiple cases of child molesters who had been caught and convicted for what they'd done as Boy Scout leaders. This pattern continued up to the present day, and when those cases would end in criminal charges and trials, files on the perpetrator would often be admitted into evidence, usually under seal. This most frequently happened in the latter half of the 20th and early 21st century, when boys and groups of boys began to allege that what had happened to them, the abuse they had suffered, was not an isolated incident, but was instead the result of a pattern of abuse within the organization. The files contain often harrowing first-hand accounts from victims, like this interview with a 10-year-old scout in 1972, the victim of a sexual assault by Georgia troop leader Samuel Max Dubois Jr. Quote, I was crying, and I reached around and hit Max in the face and said I was going to quit the troop and tell my daddy. Then we heard the others coming back, and Max said, put your pants back on. Oh, my God. That's like one of the less harrowing ones. Um, I'm not going to read in detail, but we will discuss what happened. Like, I'm not going to read detailed accounts of kids getting molested here. Thank Um, you. But you do need to know, like, what broadly occurred, you know, in these cases. That is important. Um. The P-files at least were something, Um, so it's better than certainly doing nothing at all. But as a barrier to the assault of boys in care of the Boy Scouts of America, they were incredibly porous. To illustrate this, let's start with an illustrative case of abuse among the Boy Scouts from a little more than a generation after Baden-Powell's death. Stephen Field was a troop leader in Southern California. The BSA started investigating him in 1971 after a scout in Santa Monica reported that he'd been sexually abused by Field. A troop committee, which included parents, BSA officials, and a psychiatrist. So that's good, right? You're bringing, like, not just parents, but a professional in. Um, that's a, a lo- positive way to look at things, right? Uh, um, I, I, this, I feel, this feels like the doctor thing from last episode. I don't trust it. Not I don't quite. Th- okay. So this, this committee's convened, and they look at the evidence, and they conclude that the story was true. This kid had been abused. What Field had done was sexual abuse. Okay. Their investigation, in fact, found not only did he abuse this kid, but he had a pattern of what could credibly be called criminally sexual behavior, including forcing his Boy Scouts to play strip poker and run around naked after losing games, which oh, is sh- not ever like there's there's that's not even a like a gray area that's not part <laughs> like, yeah. of it yeah strip poker is not really inside the boy scouts milieu you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. and also like running around naked is not part of it that's never you know you can play strip well poker. i mean it kind of was from the start actually but it I mean, shouldn't have been <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we were just finding new and clever ways to get kids to run around naked yeah i mean it's what it is when we talk about like run, naked swimming running around naked like I believe very strongly that like it nudities, there's nothing wrong or inherently sexual about nudity. It right. shouldn't be like this thing where the idea that like people are doing things naked is like lascivious. Right. But clearly Baden Powell and a number of like the men in, like found it lascivious. And so that's a problem. Like, yeah, 
It yeah. ended up being one of their favorite things. So yeah, that's oh. an issue. That's oh. going to be an issue, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so they find out this guy not only molests this kid, but he has a history of very like criminal. I, I suspect it is illegal to make children play strip poker. Like, I think yeah, that is yeah. a crime. Yeah. <laughs> not a it's, law knower, but yeah. that seems crimey. <laughs> I don't know the exact like exactly. number letter yeah. statute, but like, yeah. That seems not legal. It seems like like a thing you would you. That seems like a thing we don't allow. Like I, I have mean, to think that's against some law. <laughs> it's gotta be in there somewhere. Yeah, probably like contributing to the delinquency of a minor or something. I don't yeah. know. Um, whatever. Some something not right about that. Um, <laughs> but the Boy Scouts don't report him to the police. They don't report him to anyone. In fact, they Ugh. remove him. They kick him out of the Boy Scouts. But the only report they make about this is from a regional Boy Scouts employee who fills out a form on field and sends it to headquarters. And that form is placed in the P files. So that's all that happens. <laughs> National officials told the regional official that this meant that fields would never be able to work in or volunteer for the Boy Scouts again. And yet from a report in the Los Angeles Times, quote, he was involved with several Southern California troops over the next 17 years, according to his file. Contacted recently by the Times, Field explained that after he failed a lie detector test required by the Santa Monica Troop Committee, he was encouraged to transfer to another troop in the city, where he served as scoutmaster for four years. God they said damn it. it. <laughs> he fails a lie detector, and they're like, you just gotta go to another troop, bro. <laughs> like, my god what the just, fuck just do what they do at the corner liquor store when someone has fucking you put, know, his, put a picture of him up on the wall yeah put a picture on the wall just say not Jesus that guy Christ. that's it's so easy dude Oh yeah. my God. Your job is protecting children. Show at least as much care as a liquor store clerk over a bounced <laughs> check. Like, <laughs> what um, the fuck? So the fucking field tells the, the Los Angeles times, they said it had all been cleared up with the scouts. Like, I don't, how do you clear this out in Valencia? He joined his brother-in-law's troop, but left after a parent intercepted a love letter. He had written to a scout. The file shows oh at one God. point, the file says field was caught watching pornography with naked scouts in his jacuzzi. Jesus. Fuck. Okay, I Someone oh stop this guy. So, 17 years of this. Oh, come on. 17 it's, years. This I isn't have, like, oh. yeah, you know, 20 years later, he changed his name and his identity and moved across no, the country and he just snuck his way passport. into it. No, he just shows up. One group is like, yeah, you failed the, I yeah. promise not to molest kids part of the lie detector. Here, go to this other group. Bring your jacuzzi with you. Yeah, like, yeah, right. You're out of the Silmar I, uh, chapter <laughs> yeah. of the scouts. And then you just but you know what Glendale's recruiting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's super fucked up. Like again, there were in its height like 7 million boys in the Boy Scouts. Oh. Some of them were all and I'm not being callous here. It is inevitable in any population of 7 million boys, some of them will get molested by adults, right? The yeah. fact that this is a thing that happens is not inherently the fault of the Boy Scouts. But as this example shows, they are criminally irresponsible in, yeah. in, in taking any attempts to stop it. That's the problem. It's not that, yeah. like, there are some bad apples. It's that they're kind of like the cops. They just, like, they enable the bad apples. No, like, yeah, it's it, like they literally have a basket of, yeah. like, with a with a foundation of poison. And they're going, yeah. oh, some of these apples are bad. It's like you are po you've poisoned the fucking basket. Yeah, you dude. poured cyanide into an apple basket. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then you're you pissed in it. 
This is directly um, your fault. Yeah. Now, among other things, that story is why I think jacuzzi ownership should require a license. Um, but yeah, beside the that's point, fair. that's another two-parter. Now, yeah. despite the fact that this guy had repeatedly engaged, <laughs> what I think we can agree is pretty outrageous and public abuse of children. Yeah, the yeah. BSA National Office didn't realize he'd snuck back into the organization until 1988. Again, almost 20 years. And they only realized this because another local scouting official reported that Steve Field, who was at that point chairman of a local troop committee, had been arrested for masturbating in front of a child. So he doesn't get kicked out by the Boy Scouts. He gets arrested by the cops. And a, a, bo a local scout is like, oh, hey, you guys should know this guy. Turns out he was a child molester. This local official doesn't know this guy has a record. But he sends this in to report this guy. And the people who run the P-Files are like, oh, Steve Field is the same as Stephen Field. How could we have known? <laughs> His ingenious criminal mind. <laughs> God damn, dude. They're just like, uh, the cop comes in and goes like, oh, Oh, this you know this guy he got arrested you know for masturbation and they're like oh you mean creepy steve is oh creepy steve the rapist steve the rapist is raping yeah oh he's been doing that he's been doing that for a while uh, he's that's a, why he's we call him creepy guy. steve yeah <laughs> oh wacky steve don't leave him alone with your kids anyway he's in charge of the kids <laughs> oh. so for what it's worth, once the sheriff's department actually got involved with Steve's case, which should have fallen into their lap around 20 years earlier, they launch a serious investigation. Um, and again, all of the police aside, one of the things they have a better record of taking seriously, although not a perfect one, because a lot of cops are child molesters. Mm. Generally, detectives who find out that kids are being raped are like, well, this is probably important. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just the thing, even if you're a fucking cop, most people, you hear a child is being abused and you're like, well, yeah, we got to right. fucking I, do I something about this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Most cops, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously a cab, but not but a, you know, cab. All cops do not deliberately enable child molestation. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that acronym spells yeah. out. <laughs> they hear about this guy. And generally, this is the case, like 20 years in, like with these abusive adults. And that's when finally shit happens. This guy gets arrested and it's because like the, the BSA can't hide it anymore. Right. Um, Child pornography was found in Fields' home. Photos he'd taken of nude boys, nude Boy Scouts, as far back as 15 years ago are found. Ugh. And when the cops realize this guy has been preying on Boy Scouts for more than a decade, they ask the national office, do you have a file on this guy? And the BSA sends the P file for, for Fields, to or for Field to them. But they send it along with a request, and here's the ACAB part, because the cops abide by this request. We hope you will use this information with discretion, since we have tried to maintain our files so they cannot be subpoenaed in any legal action. Action. Wow. If again, if your uh, cops are better people than they are, if you're a decent person, my first question would be, this guy raped kids. Why don't you want this subpoenaed? Like, yeah, why, right. why, why, yeah. why, 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 in any, why are you not like throwing your doors open to, right. to, to this? Like, why, why not let this yeah. be? He's raping yeah. kids. Like, <laughs> God, I mean, so the, the cops, they have Bided yeah, by yeah, yeah. just an arbitrary like, oh, if you could do us a favor and like they're probably all Boy Scouts. 
Oh, fuck. A lot of cops, like fucking half of Congress people were Boy Scouts, or like half congressmen or whatever, like a huge percentage. Like yeah. all, um, almost all of our r- recent presidents have been either Boy Scouts or Eagle Scouts. Jeez. Like it actually does mean a lot to a lot of it. So like sure. here's a story that could have gone badly from my childhood. When I was a kid, I think like 13 or 14, I would go every Saturday, I would go with my friends to a hobby store and we would play Warhammer. And then we at one point started wanting to play D&D, which I'd started playing in the Scouts. And like, the people who we found to play with us were, this guy was like 19 at the time. He just graduated high school and was in college. And a dude who was almost 30, um, who's like a, a, a an engineer. And that dude invites us all like, well, on Saturday night, since the hobby shop closes like five, just come over to my house um, and we'll all play D&D until like midnight. And like my parents hear this and they're like, okay, well, that's a little, quite. he's like yeah. almost 30. Like this concerns us. And this other guy's an adult too, but both of them were Eagle Scouts. So my parents were like, okay. Yeah. And it was like, they were like, they were fine. Like nothing, like those yeah. people were huge positive influences on me. Like I, I don't want to, like I'm trying, they were both very positive parts no, of my, right, my but youth, you, but like yeah, that's you, why my parents trusted them as they were. Right, there's scouts. an intrinsic, intrinsic trust in like, oh, these people are part of this organization that mm-hmm. I have nothing but. Yeah. And my dad was an about. Eagle Scout, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, just culturally this, I think this is part of why the cops play ball with the BSA for so long and don't make more of an issue about this is that like a lot of them are probably boys get someone they were probably fucking troop leaders you know yeah um, yeah yeah you know there, there were a bunch of like cop kids and stuff in boy scouts when I was in the scouts um obviously but I mean um, it's it's kids getting fucked it's like that's why I'm yes like, yeah but the, I think from the, the cops perspective is like well we're getting this guy and we don't right. want to we don't want to tarnish because they're cops like they protect organizations from shitty they're like cops right are often horrified at things other cops do. They just cover it up because they believe in the institution. I th- so I, I think know. they're 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 willing to do that for the Boy Scouts. But they have so much room for uh, it. Just it's like it's one yep. of those things. It's like I'm just not choose. defending it. I, like uh, uh, yeah, please do not. Guys, yeah, I'm just uh, explaining the thought process. No, I, what no, I think I'm is just going thinking on. about yeah. it. It's like if I'm a cop and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up all these cops no matter fucking what. And then someone throws out another organization like, oh yeah, this is like the rape organization. You're like. All right, I have room in my well, moral compass for one more organization it, to defend. <laughs> it is worth noting that at this point, they're not thinking about this as the rape organization. This is the 70s. This is the Boy Scouts. This We don't want to let another uh, – this right. is already terrible. We don't want to also defame this beautiful organization in, 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 you know, sure. that does a lot of good at the same time. Yeah. Um, it is not until I think the first really big academic quality work on abuse, sexual abuse within the Boy Scouts is that book we've been quoting from, Scouts Honor, which yeah. we'll have linked in. The, the whole book is available online right now. It was published in 1994 by a guy named Patrick Boyle. Um, and it was, I mean, it it was, uh, I don't think it did super well at the time, obviously. I think he got a lot of shit for publishing it. but it Yeah, is not a, a fun read. Y- y- of the heroes in the story, one of them has to be Patrick Boyle for being in 1994. Like, people need to know that this is a systemic problem. And, you totally. Know, it was not until three or four years ago that it became mainstream knowledge how systemic the problem was. He's well yeah. out of the curve. Yeah, because I, I I started hearing about uh, the stuff with the you yeah, know Boy Scout. right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, and the, the fact that this book came out in '93 is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what else is ahead of the curve? <laughs> this is the products, the products services. and services that support this podcast. Way ahead of the curve, the Patrick yeah. Boyles of their day. Good, I would say. Okay. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. 
Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. 
So, Fields, or Field, gets arrested for abusing two 13-year-old boys and sentenced to 12 years in prison. When the LA Times found him, because he's out of prison by the time, these LA Times articles are very recent. We'll talk about why. And I'm reading from a bunch of different LA Times articles, because they have done, as far as I can find, the best journalistic reporting on on abuse within the Boy Scouts. Um, So when they they find this guy, right, because he's he's out of prison now, he's working, I think he's a fucking lawyer or something. Um, No, might have been in finance, I forget exactly, but they find him, he's like out in free and like working and they interviewed him and he admitted to abusing the kids he'd been convicted of abusing but denied allegations that he'd abused any other kids even though absolutely abused yeah of course other kids yeah 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 um the times informed him that he'd been on a blacklist since 1971 in the boy scouts and hit when they said like did you know the boy scouts had a file blacklisting you he told them like no i had no idea uh, that, that's surprising because i was able to stay in the boy scouts for like <laughs> yeah, 20 like, additional no, was, years yeah <laughs> i was in i was in yeah. the boy scouts yeah the child molester told them it's like a no-fly list. If your name is on the no-fly list, you shouldn't be able to get on a plane. Like, the, the pedophile is baffled by how easy it was for him to get back into the Boy Scouts. Like, yeah, they really shouldn't have allowed this. Yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong, pedophile, yeah. but like... Yeah, yeah you're not wrong. Yeah, uh, this is uh, a problem. Yeah, you sounds have... like a miscarriage of justice yeah. to me. Yeah, as the guy who raped those kids, you have ad- accurately identified the issue. Yeah. <laughs> or molested, like, I don't know. Like, so, yeah, and it is that really like that goes to show how fucked up the BSA is, because when the pedophile your organization allowed to repeatedly harm children in your care throws shade on you for your irresponsibility and letting him in, that's yeah. a, that's a that's an epic fuck up. Like yeah, you have yeah. failed so comprehensively. I don't have yeah. a word for it. Yeah, that's a there's a signal there. That yeah, you probably. Be yeah. Reading. Yeah. <laughs> that Times article goes on to tell the story of Scoutmaster Alan C. Dunlap of Fresno, California, who was arrested in 1973 on suspicion of having abused several children. Dunlap pled guilty to four counts of molestation and was committed to a psychiatric hospital. The Scouts created yet another P-file on him. Thirteen years later, in 1986, Dunlap was out of the hospital and registered as a scout volunteer in Bryan, Texas. God it damn not- it. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be saying that a lot, my friend. <laughs> it does not appear that anyone even checked the blacklist before registering him, which gets at the chief problem with the whole system. The BSA actually did a pretty good job of documenting guys who had been caught or accused of sexual assault, right? They're very thorough in, like, when stuff gets in. They, they do put it all in this file, but... There's still no, again, remember, Baden-Powell doesn't want there to be a big barrier to entry. There's, for most of this period, the 60s, 70s, 80s, there's no real screening process. In right. Most, so again, as we said, like that one scout troop had like, they, they chose to do like a polygraph test, which polygraphs are problematic. And obviously, they just sent right. him to another troop. So like it did yeah. nothing. <laughs> there, there, are, there are, though, it's worth noting, individual, because it's a very decentralized organization, some troops do have really good like you know, uh, uh, policies in order to screen people, but right. nationally there's nothing. And this blacklist, only a handful of people at the top have access to it and they don't run every name through it. Like there's no, right. when, you, when a guy joins a scout troop in fucking Texas, they don't, or in fucking like, I don't know, uh, Maine, they don't send his name into the national file to scan it. They do nothing. They yeah. only find out afterwards. So it's useless. It's fucking yeah. you other than like as documentation that a lot of guys are repeatedly molesting kids in the Boy Scouts. It's useless. It's just it's, a fun way to get a nice list going, but there's nothing yeah. you can possibly it does do nothing with the list. to protect children or yeah. very close. The, the boys are like, well, no, there's actually this X number of, of men that we stopped because they were in the blacklist and someone recognized it. Not to say it never happened, but like 
clearly it was yeah. not an effective protecting system and they knew yeah. it at the time um so yeah uh of course uh so after this guy gets you know this this dude is uh it, arrested and kicked out of the scouts in 73 after abusing some children 13 years later he becomes a scout volunteer in Bryan, texas um and he immediately gets back to sexually assaulting children he was eventually caught and pled guilty to abusing a nine-year-old cub scout he was oh. sentenced to 12 years in prison a local official learned this and called the national bsa office to report dunlap so he could be added to the p files and the national office realized they already had a file on the guy. <laughs> Probably a different so guy. It's they fine. added it. Here's what they do, actually. It's even worse than that. <laughs> they just add a note to his file. Four words. Convicted again. Dash. <laughs> child molestation. <laughs> God. Jesus Christ. Come on. <laughs> Come on, guys. Addendum. Mm -hmm. He done it again. He done it again. <laughs> <laughs> we might have a problem here, Cletus. Yeah. Oh, my so, God. This is all pretty bad, but it gets worse. <laughs> worse. Both of those, actually. The L.A. Times writes, quote, In some instances, the Boy Scouts of America chose to give alleged molesters a second chance. In oh, a 1992 nice deposition, Ernst, then keeper of the national file, testified that alleged abusers were given probation, which required periodic updates on the person's behavior, only if evidence of molestation was, quote, extremely weak. An individual's confidential file was generally destroyed after probation was completed, but the file sometimes survived when the men went on to abuse again. Several of those cases suggest the initial evidence of abuse was strong. Again, Ugh. the BSA policy is err on the side of believing the child molester when he denies having molested a kid. Oh, um, my God. My uh, fucking God. Yeah. And I'm sure there you could find there's I'm, there have to be statistically millions of people. A couple of cases of kids who lied because they were angry at it. I'm sure it happened. Um, statistically, uh, we have maybe, but thousands, like, like hundred minimum hundreds and hundreds and, uh, and, and probably like by some accounts, thousands of cases of people molesting kids repeatedly within the Boy Scouts. Like, they're, but again, they err on the side of protecting the adult, not Jesus. the children. And their entire job should be to protect these children, right? I mean, that's um, literally what their their job is. It's like yeah. teaching them how to fend for themselves. And yeah. how to fucking I mean, again, my, my scout master, who was a, I mean, he was a great scout master. He did something horrible for Raytheon that we don't know entirely what, like all, a bunch of the guys who taught me how to camp were all Raytheon engineers. It's like Plano. Like that's, it's big, yeah. big. but anyway, he, like his attitude was my only job is to stop kids from dying. So like you go out there, he'll teach you to, he would teach us anything we wanted to learn. He would help us learn, but he didn't do anything for you. So if you were miserable for days, if you fucked up, if your shit got soaked, if you like lit your tent on fire, like, Hey, you can camp out under the stars or whatever. Like my only job is to stop you from dying. Cause right. it's about self reliance um but he's still very he took safety like our right. physical health very seriously and that's not what the, the boy scouts are protecting the adults above yeah. the children like the organization nationally and again i had a lot of great scout leaders who while they may have been war criminals um always put the safety <laughs> of the kids in in the, in the boy well, scouts the american place. kids the like, american i didn't kids. know what raytheon was at the time yeah. not um, the iraqi kids yeah i mean good god only knows what they were actually like working on um but yeah you can only care about so many kids robert yeah All you right? can look 
Um, so, uh, for an example of how the Boy Scouts would protect and give second chances to child molesters, let's talk about Mark F. Bumgarner. He was a 21-year-old assistant scoutmaster in North Carolina. In September 1978, he was at Camp Sheil, helping to manage a camp with several other adult leaders. Late one night, after most scouts and adults had went to bed, he struck up a conversation with another boy. I think they're just like sitting around a campfire, and they talk for a while, everybody else goes to sleep, and quite suddenly, when they're alone... Bumgarner sticks his hand into the boy's pants and fondles his genitals. The boy tells him to stop, so Bumgarner says, The cartilage in your penis is similar to your nose, and I can break it. Jesus fuck. Yeah! Christ. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, mean, I mean, like, I try not to get on the whole, like, you know, vengeance side of things, but just shoot that guy. Yeah, just yeah, fucking just shoot that, that guy. Dude. Just shoot that guy. That, yeah, that like, we don't need that guy. Kill that <laughs> yeah. dude. Like, that just kill that guy. That is just like, you know, sometimes yeah. you fantasize about a righteous kill, you know? Yeah, yeah. That would just, be one. Yeah, just, just little 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 shallow grave in the woods you know just that's like all, making that's all it, that like, guy needs <laughs> the, the earth the, just the planet yeah. just benefits a little bit yeah. from this one murder I, I think when you threaten to break a child's penis when your hand if he tells about you molesting him you don't deserve to live anymore you don't deserve yeah, that, that's that's the that's the end of your right to exist i yeah. argue is yeah. my opinion. I, I you know, um, it's funny because like before this podcast, I never thought there were levels of pedophilia in which I would. Uh, that's like, that's a high one, right? Yeah, yeah. that's one. Is like, oh, he's like. I mean, yeah, pedophilia is evil, but he's like evil and evil. Yeah, he's like. I think he's, pedophiles are disgusted by that. Like, yeah, because I mean, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. It, anyway, like that. He that's like the worst level probably of pedophilia uh, that that I can imagine is that Jesus. that kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's the top of the pedophile pyramid. Um, so after this horrifying experience, the kid went to his father who reported this to the Boy Scouts rather than to the police. The BSA investigated the matter and after what the national office described as considerable discussion, decided that Bumgarner deserved a second chance. Of all! (laughs) Because again, this is the second chance, guy? It would be still bad, but different if it was like, well, he was caught um, you know, massaging a boy in his jacuzzi and uh, the boy's shirt was off and like whatever. Like, that's bad to to, to oh, let sure. that go on. He threatened to break a child's penis. He, he like, molested a kid. How and do then you give a second with... chance to that? Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. The reason why is because Bumgarner was an Eagle Scout and the son of the pastor whose church sponsored the troop. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there it is. So he kept working for the Boy Scouts, spending time in close proximity with children absolutely unmonitored. He was arrested several months later for sexually abusing two scouts during a campout. He pled guilty and was expelled by the national office, who added yet another name to the P-Files. Six years later... Oh yeah. Uh, you thought this was done? You thought we were done with Bumgarner? Uh, I don't know. Come why on. I did. <laughs> Six years later, Bumgarner gets out of jail and back into the Boy Scouts. He moves from North Carolina to Virginia and he becomes assistant district commissioner to the Fairfax Boy Scouts. This was 1984. It was two years later, 1986, before the national organization realized that this pedophile had gotten back in. They didn't convicted. find it out on their own. Oh, they didn't get convicted. Convicted pedophile. Yeah, and they only find out that he's gotten back in because he gets convicted again. He gets caught sexually battering two boys and sentenced to six years in prison. 
Oh, just like well, <laughs> just this. Constant, <laughs> how could we have known? What, how <laughs> could we have known every mm-hmm. single time? Yeah, this is the Los Angeles is, Times continues. Probation was also given to Floyd David Slusher, a 19-year-old staffer at a Boy Scout camp in Germany who was caught abusing a scout in 1972 and sent home to the United States. Even after he was caught, they had to physically restrain him uh, from attempting to visit the scout he was molesting, a scout's official wrote to headquarters. A file was opened, but Slusher was allowed to continue working with scouts. So again, another Boy Scout leader is like, this guy is such fucking pedophile that we had to physically stop him from going after this kid after we caught him. Like, it's like a cartoon of a pedophile. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a family and the guy Boy Scouts guy. are like, this guy deserves a second chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, when did the so, second chance program start yeah, existing? What like, is... Because you hear that, like, oh, they gave a second chance. You, you assume it's something like, like, oh, he, like, showed them some weird pictures and they decided there was plausible, which, again, is not okay. But no, right. these guys are like, this is hardcore these are, shit. These are like, convicted fucking pedophiles. Child rapists, yeah. And they're just Ugh. like, yeah, I feel like we give him a second chance. We had to see, we had to physically restrain the guy from doing yeah. more molestation. Yeah, just like come on, let me go. So, They're like, Slusher, well, it was romantic. So Slusher also shouldn't let a guy named Slusher do damn near anything. That's Absolutely. not an okay name. That's nope. not an okay name. Not um, cool. So he's allowed to keep working with the scouts, and he goes on to molest at least eight boys in a Boulder, Colorado troop, threatening to kill them if they told anybody. According Fuck to the Boulder County Sheriff's that. Department. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the detective in Boulder County wrote, quote, almost every Boy Scout in Troop 75 and Troop 73 has been approached sexually by Slusher on one time or another, adding that the victims are too numerous to interview. The detective's like, I can't interview all the kids he molested because, like, I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the Boulder like, police don't have the time to talk yeah, to all sorry, of this guy's uh, victims. We're, we're not authorizing any OT right now, so yeah. uh, we can't <laughs> investigate this single person. I mean, in fairness, they probably had plenty to put him away. And he, he pleads guilty to one account of sexually assaulting a child. Um, the Boy Scouts continued the practice of offering probation and suspension to prominent men accused of abuse until 1988 as the result of a high-profile abuse case in San Mateo, California. Mm. Richard Stingler was the adult head of a Sea Scouts unit, which is kind of like a, for older boys, closer to adulthood, like elite, like you're doing like boat shit, right? Like it's, oh, it's yeah. doing cool stuff. It's, it actually was the thing I wanted to do, but Texas is not as easy to do that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, so it's like he, the Boy Scout Navy? Yeah, the Boy Scout Navy. Yeah, the, the Sea Org the, of the, the Boy sea Scouts. Org, yeah. <laughs> um, you gotta, so, that's always a red flag whenever yeah. your organization starts a Sea Org. When they have like, a Navy. It's especially a red flag for the Navy. Yeah, yeah, I think all the Marines in the audience would agree with that. Yeah. Um, so but like, you know, there's the goop cruise like, they, yeah. you know, it's like the boys. When Scouts you take to see probably a, an issue, as you soon know, as someone says, you know, good people don't take to see. By the way, I'm crowdfunding to buy a yacht uh, for all of my followers to live on. We're going to sail around the ocean. We're going to look for gold. Um, it's international no. waters. Anything international goes. waters, no. baby. Any, there's no laws in international waters. We'll mm-hmm. make our own society. Society, our yeah. own civilization. Stop it. <laughs> Sophie, come on. Come no. on. Come that would be sick. No hubbarding. No hubbarding. Um, all right. You're, well, you're no fun. Here's, here's some ads. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. 
Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. I'm just sad. Sophie won't let me won't let me Hubbard. Nope. All right. Nope. Well. Okay. So um, this guy, uh, Richard Stingler, 
1971 uh, is the uh, the head of a Sea Scouts unit. Uh, and in 71, he gets charged with tying up and groping three boys. This was the thing I alluded to in the first episode with the, the restraints. Um, yeah. Is that like a not, do you get a merit badge for how good Yeah, you I mean, it, it's unfortunate to say this, but a Boy Scout troop leader is probably in the, the most able to tie up a boy because he, he's probably pretty good at knots. That yeah, really makes that merit badge a lot darker. It does. It does. It's not great. It's not great. Um, so he gets convicted uh, in, in 71 and sentenced to three years of probation, which I might argue the court system failed there, too, because I think tying up and groping boys probably more than three years probation. People I might get argue. longer for like smoking pot, weed. For like pot. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Anyway, the scouts suspended him during this period, but they didn't kick him out. When his probation ended, a local scout executive and a number of parents lobbied for his suspension to be lifted. So clearly this guy had some sort of charisma, was good at like convincing parents. I don't know what he fucking told them. Maybe like it was a merit badge thing gone wrong. Um, but parents lobby for this guy, which is wow. unsettling. I mean, this is not again, we this is not an unheard of kind of situation like this. This occurs in other organizations and whatnot. Um Sure. It's just like, I mean, yeah, uh, to me, the Catholic church, uh, you know, not, yeah, to, I'm not Catholic excusing church would it. Be one of them. Yeah. But, but, but I understand a little bit more having like basically the, the guy who talks to God being an mm -hmm. important figure in your life and, yeah. and like, like standing up for the organization and the church and maybe even a specific priest in the church who's been accused of something. Cause you're like that dude talks to God. Who am I to question that guy? These are fucking volunteer scout master. These are doing like cosplay and teaching you how to whittle. And they're yeah. just like, no, but he's a good dude. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a fucking good dude. Like it, I mean, there's actually a, just a tremendous amount in common with like the Boy Scouts and how this works, and like, um, and the Catholic Church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Jesus Christ. Let's get back into this. So, so this guy, after tying up and molesting several boys, does three years probation. And when it ends, he gets successfully reinstituted to the Boy Scouts. The local scout officer who lobbied for him being brought back in wrote, quote, I feel quite confident that no further problems will arise. Just fucking just an organization of marks. Everyone mm -hmm. is a fucking mark. Yeah. 14 years later in 1989, a parent reported that Stinger had padlocked her 11 year old boy in a harness and watched as he hung in the air during a boat trip. So that's good. Uh, that's fine. The BSA called the police and uh, the police uh, go to Stinger's home and they search it and they find dozens of restraints and an enormous cache of child pornography, naked photos that he took of boys that he had blindfolded um, and like tied to things. At least one is a picture of a naked six year old boy that he blindfolded and tied to a bed um, like profound child abuse on a yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and again they catch him 14 years later he's doing this the whole time that's what the photos show that he'd been the whole time he gets back and he's just Jesus tying Christ. up and molesting kids so wait so, so they call they called the cops when he what did he do to the kid he like tied him up he yeah he i don't even know if this was sexual or if he was just like being a dick probably both but he'd like padlocked an 11 year old boy in a harness and hung him in the air during a boat trip so his mom is just like that's physical abuse i don't think she called it in a sexual abuse she was just like that's assault that's when is. they call like, the cops they were yeah just i mean like, his mom calls the 
cops. Like, oh, to yeah. her credit, this is probably the first she's aware anything's wrong. And she immediately oh, sure. is like, yeah, we need to deal with this shit. And yeah, the cops yeah. search his house and find out that he has been tying up and restraining and molesting kids for 14 years and has tons of pictures of it. Jesus. So um, this guy's like both like a sexual abuser and just a literal fucking psychopath. Yeah, yeah. This I mean, guy's uh, not that there's not uh, bits of both, but dangerous, Jesus. dangerous person. Yeah. Fucking shit. So when all this dropped, more than 24 former and current scouts came forward to report that they'd been abused by Stinger. Some had been victimized as early as 1958. Up until 2015, the chief scout executive, effectively the head of Boy Scouts, was a guy named Wayne Brock. Wayne got that August position in 2012 after a four-year stint as the deputy chief scout executive. Before he held this national position in 1987, Wayne was the local Boy Scouts executive for the state of Georgia. That year, a scoutmaster at a camp in his domain was accused of molesting a boy in a sleeping bag. Wayne followed procedure, which at the time meant documenting the allegation and sending that documentation on to Texas. The leader's name and crimes were added to the confidential files. The scoutmaster was expelled, but the police were not informed. He left town. Brock was promoted again and again, and eventually wound up running the Boy Scouts. As a different Los Angeles Times article notes, quote, as he and his recent predecessors rose through the ranks of scouting, they handled at least 120 cases of suspected sexual abuse dating from the mid-1970s, according to a Times analysis of confidential Boy Scout files. As district executives, it was their job to gather evidence and witness statements, determine whether to recommend a leader's expulsion, and report their findings to headquarters, which made the final decision. In the process, the officials had a front-row seat on cases in which scouting's abuse prevention policies failed. Although the officials may have followed scout policy and violated no laws, the files in several cases indicate that they did not inform authorities or their communities of suspected child molesters who were expelled from the organization. Ugh. So this is the guy who runs the Boy Scouts, right? This we got, is his history, which is, you know, he's not a molester himself, but he has a, shall we say, imperfect history of uh, dealing with cases where kids are molested. And they all, all of their last names are just red. We got Stinger, we got Brock, oh, yeah, yeah, we got Slusher. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, like problems. I mean, just like they sound like a really scary mm -hmm. A team. Yeah. So this is the guy who runs the Boy Scouts. Um, and, and his predecessor, the guy who had headed the BSA before him, was a guy named Robert Mazuka. And before Robert, another Mazuka, scary name. <laughs> I know, I know. And before he ran the Boy Scouts, Mazuka spent 20 years as a regional scout executive in California and Pennsylvania. He dealt with numerous cases of child sexual abuse by adults in scouting. One of these was the case of David Cooley, an assistant scoutmaster in Pittsburgh who was expelled in 1997 after police found videos that he'd made of himself having sex with children. Cooley was eventually sentenced to 54 years in prison. When the case broke, it came out that Mazuka had earlier been arrested and convicted in 1987 for molesting a boy in South Carolina. He'd been allowed to volunteer in scouting and molest kids after that because the Boy Scouts did not require background checks at that point. And this brings us to a particularly dark part of the story. Oh, are we going to get dark now, Robert? Yeah, we're finally going to get dark, my oh, man. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So, if you'll remember, back at the very start of this story, back at the very start of scouting, Robert Baden-Powell had rejected the idea that scouting volunteers should be filtered under the justification that this would reduce the number of adults who volunteered and slow expansion. Now, 
At that time, even though kids were being molested, child sexual abuse was not a widely understood phenomenon. By the 1980s, this had changed. A number of high-profile cases of abuse of children had led several other leading youth groups to institute criminal background checks for their adult volunteers. Criminal background checks first became widely possible in 1985. Um, And in 1986, the Big Brothers Big Sisters organization made this a requirement for volunteers. And the Boys and Girls Club did the same thing in the same year, 1986. As soon as this becomes possible, responsible organizations who take care of kids are like, well, of course we should do criminal background checks on our adult volunteers, obviously. Um, That just makes sense. (laughs) The Boy Scouts don't do this. Scouting officials claimed that background checks would be too expensive and would scare away volunteers. Too expensive. Again, it's, it would have cost tens of millions. They made hundreds of millions. Yeah, I was going to say the like, fucking Boy Scouts. They're they raking don't have the in mon- cash during oh this period. God. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Everyone's a volunteer or pays. Yeah. <laughs> So they said that uh, do, and they also argued that doing so would at best provide a false sense of security. <laughs> Just read how many stories of guys with criminal records getting back in the Boy Scouts. Um, they're, they're like, listen, it's going to happen one way or another. Might look, as let well. Me, let me promise you, even with criminal background checks, we're yeah. not going to stop kids for adults yeah. from molesting kids. I'm Don't like that's gonna Just going to do it. It's still right? going to happen. Look. <laughs> All right, but. You know, We're the you Boy Scouts. Our job is to help pedophiles scout for boys. Yeah, that's the name <laughs> of the organization. Oh, man. Oh, God. Be prepared organ- is a motto that means be prepared to get molested. <laughs> yeah, you be, you be prepared for what the adults in this organization are going to do to you. Jesus. Oh. So the Boy Scouts didn't just refuse to require criminal background checks for their volunteers. They poured huge amounts of money into lobbying local governments because states start to be like, well, we as a state want to require FBI background checks for um, youth volunteers, for organizations anywhere in the state. And the the BSA lobbies local elected leaders to stop these laws. It's, it's, I don't, I don't understand. Like at that, but now, <laughs> at that point, you're just, you're dele- directly enabling it. This isn't yeah, passive now at all. I'm like, is this like a, an Epstein thing? Like, yeah, is this like, what the fuck was, is going on with you on people? Purpose? At this point, it sounds on purpose. I can't even, yeah. is there, I don't is there know an how ideological much it, reason? Yeah, I think some of it, just because like, this is the way it's always been. I think some of it might, some of it is probably that there are pedophiles in the organization who are, or, or want this. And some of it might be, well, shit, if we do this, people will find out how many adults have been molesting kids in the Boy Scouts. Yeah. And that that's, that's not going to be good for us. <laughs> like, Just bur- burn the P-file or whatever. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I mean, yeah. God damn. So the BSA did not ultimately start requiring criminal background checks for volunteers. until You want to guess what year? Oh, I'm, it's, it's 2003. 2008. Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck! We have the internet! Yeah. yeah. By this point, hundreds and possibly thousands of men with criminal histories of child molestation were allowed into the Boy Scouts. Most of these men went on to abuse more children. From the very earliest days after the decision not to require background checks, this was recognized as a problem from yet another Los Angeles Times article. In 1989, a scout committee chairman in St. Paul, Minnesota, decried the organization's half-hearted screening in a letter to headquarters. BSA is only creating an illusion of performing what they claim, K. Russell Sias wrote to Scout Chief Executive Ben Love. It becomes quite clear that BSA is more concerned with passing the buck than in accepting responsibility for those who are its adult leaders. 
That same year, a Las Vegas scoutmaster with a criminal history of exposing himself to boys was arrested for sexually abusing a 12-year-old scout. One parent said casinos did a better job of screening workers. Honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The parent wrote to scouting officials, the black eye which scouting has suffered in this could easily have been avoided if the council had taken the simple expedient of doing a background investigation. I mean. Yup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't, I don't understand it at this point. It's just, it was it the money. They don't want to pay the money at that time. Some, that has to be some of it because of what we're about to talk about, because mm. it gets worse. <laughs> we have not hit bottom yet, Matt. Are I you cannot, excited? I'm just like, my, if my blood pressure goes any higher, I'm going to fucking die. Yeah, so we have, we have, oh boy. So <clears throat> while the boy scouts are giving child molesters probation, covering up abuse, refusing background checks, yada, yada, yada. Children keep coming forward to tell their stories. And by the 90s, again, this book comes out in 93, it's getting more known, right, that this is a problem the organization has. And as a result, once it becomes clear to people at least who pay attention that, like, this might be a systemic issue, some parents of kids who get molested try to sue the organization claiming a pattern of abuse enabled by the very structure of the BSA itself. Confronted with these threats in the form of children entrusted to the BSA and abused by men that organization had refused to properly vet, the Boy Scouts viciously attacked the victims and their families. In one case, two boys in Michigan alleged that they had been molested, quote, hundreds of times by a troop leader. The BSA denied any responsibility and instead, in court, blamed their widowed mother. They claimed she had failed, quote, to provide adequate supervision over the volunteer they had approved. Wow. Yeah. It's your fault your kids got molested. You weren't watching hard enough over the guy that... His whole job, according to the ethos of our organization, is to help like single moms raise their kids. You didn't. It's your fault that he. Yeah, you should kids, have uh, done a background check on. Yeah, you should have done a background check. Why yeah. did you do that? Yeah. yeah. Don't you screen? Come mm-hmm. on. And it gets worse from the L.A. Times. Quote, in 2002, Gerald Schwartz, a 42-year-old former scoutmaster in New York, admitted to abusing a boy in his troop in the 1990s. After being secretly recorded saying he did something very, very wrong and apologizing to the boy, Schwartz pleaded guilty to four counts of sodomy and was sent to prison. Despite the conviction and the victim's testimony that Schwartz raped me and forced me to perform oral sex on him, the scouts, in a motion to dismiss the subsequent lawsuit, contended that the sex was consensual. What the fuck? Yep. Wow. Yeah. We got to burn it down. This is really. Yeah, we got to burn this shit down. This is not, this is not salvageable. This (laughs) is not salvageable. Holy Mm -hmm. fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. That's the worst. These guys are, you know what? It's so much worse than I thought it was. Yeah, it really is. This is, I'm, I'm not. I'm not pro scout no more. No, no, this has definitely turned fuck me em. around. <laughs> Honestly, in the night, yeah, fuck them. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. In the 1980s, in Oregon, one man alleged that scouting troop leader Timur Dykes was allowed to continue his leadership position after he admitted to molesting 17 boys, and this kid had molested them after that. Yeah. Uh. It took decades for one of the boys victimized by Dykes to seek legal recourse, but when he did at a trial in 2010, regional BSA official Eugene Grant blamed his parents for letting their children go to Dykes' apartment to work on merit badges and attend a scouting sleepover. Which, maybe there's some questionable parenting calls being made here, but you let him into your organization and let him stay after he molested 17 boys. 
And, and um, also, like you know, it's like you you were saying, it's like you yeah. trust you, you trust, trust him. The He's an Eagle Scout, right? Yeah. yeah. Fucking um, a. But the Boy Scouts representative said in court, his parents should have known better. I think it's criminal. You let him stay in the Scouts after he admitted to molesting 17 boys and the parents are the criminals? What I mean, the fuck is wrong with you? These guys, uh, we gotta... We gotta I don't understand I'm not how gonna you say, can say that in a court of law and, and not, not immediately burst get, into fire. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just like yeah. murder is wrong right yeah kind of in some cases (laughs) i'm not trying to say publicly right now anything that's going to get me in trouble but i feel like sometimes murder is good is that yeah yeah that's a reasonable thing to feel hearing this story (laughs) (laughs) like they they said these words out loud and the fact that no one was just like yeah oh i gotta kill this guy where he stands the value of brickings that's a brickin that's yeah, like oh. some, somebody should just been like oh, okay i gotta hit this guy with a fucking brick yeah you don't get to say that and not get hit in the face with a brick you know? holy shit that's that's brickin words they, very so, easy to brick that guy thankfully the oregon jury rejected his line of argument and found the scouts liable for almost 20 million dollars in damages um, nice. this is the case this is why we all like know in mass about the problem now this case breaks open the floodgates of abuse claims against the boy scouts um and it's during this case part of the discovery in this like 1200 of the p files are revealed and and put into the public record because they're trying to show like there's a pattern of abuse right these guys keep getting in and, and abused and the, the boy scouts let them in again um, this is what led to all of the Los Angeles Times articles we've quoted so far. Because once these things are made public, because if it's introduced into like a legal case in that way, it's like right. anyone well, can see that shit. Record, yeah. So they start combing through this stuff, and it, the other they start doing like other stuff gets released. Um, it's it's the, the this is the blood in the water, you know. Yeah. Um, journalists start finding out other details of sordid Boy Scout sexual abuse history, and more victims start coming forward. An avalanche begins. One issue that confronted many victims is the fact that some states had very strict laws regarding the statute of limitation for sex crimes. So, like a lot of these guys, they were abused in like the fifties, you know. And like now, as an adult who's like, and these stories are heartbreaking. Some of these men are like, I was never, I was abused in like the fifties, the sixties. I was never able to like have a relationship that I was comfortable. Right. I've never been able to feel intimate with anybody like this. Yeah. Is, there's cases of people who commit suicide. One guy, oh, totally. his brother were molested and he's like, yeah, my brother became a, addicted to drugs and died of an overdose. And like that he never recovered from this, you know, yeah. like it's, I mean, anyone human. who knows a victim of childhood yeah. sexual abuse knows yeah. how, how deep, like uniquely yeah. evil of yeah. an act it is to it inflict is. upon somebody and, yeah. and, and how, yeah, the stories are just, Fucking. So when uh, these guys start realizing I'm not alone, people will believe me now. And also maybe if I speak up, this will help to protect other kids, you know? Um, so they start to come forward, but in a lot of states, they can't bring charges against the people who victimize them or the Boy Scouts because of the statute of limitations. So many states, when they realize how many of these kids are out there, to their credit, a bunch of state lawmakers put forward bills to expand the statute of limitations and allow charges to be pressed further away from the time of the abuse to be like, well, shit, maybe we didn't really we didn't make these laws considering everything that was happening. And like it's we need to we need to allow these people a chance to get justice. The Boy Scouts spend a fortune in lawyers and lobbying fighting these bills wherever they crop up, once again devoting 
huge financial resources, which they'd said were not worth spending on background checks, to try and make it harder for boys victimized by BSA officials to seek justice. From the Washington Post, quote, The group retained lobbyists in Georgia and New York, where lawmakers say such action helped stall proposals that included look-back windows, allowing adults to take legal action over decades-old claims. It has hired lobbyists in Michigan, where similar proposals are being debated. The bills would give adults who were abused as children a second chance to file suit if they missed their first opportunity under state law. Opponents of the state proposals, including the Boy Scouts and Catholic Archdiocese, argued that open-ended look-back periods violate due process and would put groups in the tough position of defending themselves in cases from the distant past. I love like mm-hmm. who, who the people and the, the organizations Boy Scouts involved. and the Catholic Church yeah, coming yeah, together yeah. to yeah. <laughs> coming together just mm-hmm. like a fucking rapey Voltron yeah. trying to be like well, this is just yeah. wrong. And this is I want to belabor a bit on the the argument they're making which is that this is unfair because it puts us in the position of defending our organization from actions that other we weren't in charge of the Boy Scouts on this app. This was 50 years ago. Yeah. It's a completely different group of men who were in charge. Like, how can we be held responsible today for the actions of two generations, you know, leaders from two generations ago? Yeah. I don't think this is a good argument. For one thing, as we have discussed, the historical record shows that the BSA's attitude towards sex abusers and the ways in which you enable them and defend them has not wavered since the days of Robert Baden-Powell. From Baden-Powell's time to the fucking 2000s, the Boy Scouts are doing basically the same shit. Yeah. For another, the same officials who led the BSA in the late aughts had been the ones in the 70s and 80s, furthering the hide and ignore policies that enabled sexual abuse of children. In April of 2019, an expert who had been working with the BSA estimated that as many as 7,819 adult volunteers and staff members had sexually abused boys over the course of the BSA's history. He suggested they were responsible for harming as many as 12,254 victims. That's the BSA's expert, right? Now, if that were it, if that were the extent of the problem, this would be a huge problem. But it turns out that was a drastic underestimation. A little over a year later, in November of 2020, after a series of lawsuits and settlements, more than 100,000 alleged victims had come forward to claim they had been sexually assaulted as children in the Boy Scouts. So that's 100,000 who have said... I was a victim. Yeah, I yeah, was assaulted publicly. in this case. Yeah. yeah. And this is in the last year. Fuck. Yeah. The Boy Scouts have filed for bankruptcy, claiming to be devastated by the allegations. Um, there's a number of fucked up things in the fallout of this. One of the most, the worst things is so the Boy Scouts were stewards of a huge amount of, uh, of wildlands, right? For campgrounds and stuff. And they oh, were right. like, that they would take care of. They've sold a bunch of that to developers. A lot of that shit, these like this like pristine wow. wilds, they've been turned into like housing developments and shit because the Boy Scouts went broke trying to defending themselves from all the rape that their yeah. members did. It's um, <laughs> it's just like a comprehensively bleak story. <laughs> oh my god, they can't even redeem themselves and make them like public lands. <laughs> They're just immediately. No, we gotta like, sell it to pay yeah. for lawyers to attack these kids. Hey, if I can't touch kids on this land, then I'm gonna fucking build condos on it. Yeah, fuck yeah, you. Yeah. So wow. that's the story of the Boy Scouts. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> it was, yeah. Oh my good God, dude. I mean, it's like, yeah, usually when I, you know, the name of the show behind the bastards, it's, it's like, yeah. usually it's like the, the plural is because you have many episodes covering mm-hmm. specific bastards. This is one. It was just like one bastard at the beginning and then just an endless slew of bastards. Yeah. And 
and it's too many. Ba- I think I've, I'm on bastard overload, and yeah, uh, I want to I want to do some righteous murder. Let's do a righteous kill together, dude. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Um, Sophie, can you? Uh, can we? Can we like? Uh, uh, uh get get like a write off some some money for murder tools. I mean, Is that, can we do that? Probably not. But I'll All ask. Right. Well, what about a boat yeah. so that we could go to international waters? Yeah, in international waters, it's legal, Sophie. Stop trying Come to pull on. Hubbard. But Aww. Come on. All right. It'll be like Sea Org, but like, but a yeah, good one. Yeah, but good. A good Sea Org. Yeah. I think that there's people just no, haven't quite done no it right. There's no good Sea Org. Well, there could, but not yet. Sophie, you have a very closed mind towards Sea Orgs, and oh. I don't think that's <laughs> fair to all the good Sea Orgs out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mm. like uh, like the I don't know the surfers Dutch navy. Yeah, they'd probably chill. Yeah, I Sophie, mean, come on. Mm. Mm. No, I don't think it's gonna happen. No. Um, I mean, well. you know, we we can do it on land, I guess. But the point is, is I'm uh, currently furious mm-hmm. and uh, I'm disassociating. So I've had a really yeah. good time. Yeah. So, so you had a good time on my show. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm sure everyone's dissociating now. So, um, have a good time staring into the distance and, uh, uh, yeah. And just kind of like the, thinking my dark thoughts. Blur. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, a, have a good time losing touch with your corporeal body as the rage within you becomes transcendent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, um that's a it's a type of drug rage is it is a type of drug rageahol yeah yeah i'm just uh gonna get some rageahol on mm-hmm. right now i need a xanax yeah what rage out fucking, with your yeah. page out i don't know mm-hmm. oh yeah i don't know oh don't know. boy mm-hmm. matt you got any pluggables to plug um yeah i i do sopranos podcast pod yourself a gun check it out we're about to start season six by the time this comes out we'll season six episode one will be out uh oh, it's yeah. a it's a great show film drunk broadcast uh that's us but same guys talking about movies right uh wanted wanted to dedicate this to my my childhood friend johnny aaron uh you know you listen aaron. to this show johnny aaron you're a you're a good you're a good man <laughs> sorry it was the molestation one Ooh, but, yeah, this is a rough episode to get a shout out to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, fucking, hey, you can't all be winners. You know, man? Yeah. And, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. Yep. Thanks for coming back. And also, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place 
for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.